Hello and welcome to Wendy's Words of Wisdom. Um, today we have Josh Howie. Welcome, Josh. Hello. Hello. Um, and Josh isn't obviously like most comics. We listen to podcasts, but we very rarely we like to go on podcasts. We listen we, to the podcasts that we appear on. Yeah, but very rarely listen to anything else. It's pathetic. It's, well, you know, it's it's what we do. It's passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going I'm going to explain to you what the podcast is about because I'm, I'm assuming you haven't played through. Of course, I'm not listening to your podcast. <laughs> Why would you? I've got the real thing in my life. Why would, I, why would yeah. I need to listen to your podcast? I'm, we're friends. We're friends. So, Wendy's Words of Wisdom is basically about stuff that you know about that I don't. Okay. So, And how long is this podcast? Well, do you know what? I just, I think if it, as soon as it starts to get a little bit boring, I just... It's just know, there's a lot of stuff to go through. There's a lot of stuff that you really... There's a lot of stuff vast, that I know. Oh, <laughs> a vast wealth of knowledge This here. might be a two-part podcast. <laughs> yeah. I might just put half of it out and then have a break. And well, then why come stop at two? Go what? for the do full... Make Let's this... do a series. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Howie's Words of Wisdom. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, because it's never my Words of Wisdom. No, of course not. It's about obviously. me, me, me. Uh, well, yeah. it is. It's about whoever's here. Mm. Um, and last week we had a makeup artist called Sarah Hickman who was great, who told me lots of stuff I didn't know about and was quite open about who she thought was awful. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Because that's I tried refreshing. her with wine. Oh. I did that thing with wine and, and you, I was like... What have you put in this tea? There's nothing in this. Yeah, it's <laughs> laced with her hypno <laughs> so that I can talk. <laughs> yeah, then I won't remember anything. Um, so, yeah, basically stuff that you know about that I don't. And mm-hmm. you've got, you know, I know that you've done, like, mo- you, you're a, a massive movie fan. Big, big movie fan, indeed. Big movie fan and you're the father of three. Father of three. And, and you're the mother of three. I'm the mother of three. So I wonder if there's anything that I know as a father that you may not know as a mother. Well, I, I find that to really compare, hard. I, compare parenting knowledge. Do you think? Could try it. Yeah, okay. We'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see why don't we just we'll start see, chatting? We'll see what flows, man. What's, um, and, and on the way up the, 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 um, to the office, we discussed your love of Polish Polish art. film posters, yes. Polish film posters. That's, re- that's particularly Specific. niche. That is pretty niche. Uh, there are a lot of people who are into it. I mean, who like their films. I love collecting movie posters. And then and it is, once you start collecting movie posters and, you know, it starts off as a teenager with pulp fiction or something but then you you know then you start getting a bit more specific and a bit more um it's like pornography you hone your taste yeah absolutely and then it just ends up as filth <laughs> <laughs> so i've got filthy porn polish posters <laughs> hanging around uh, actually the only thing is that i i'm I can, I can afford the posters and you can get them on ebay and when you start Look looking you into sure it enough. i can Ooh. buy a poster <laughs> <laughs> what i can't do is afford the framing it's really expensive it's to get really expensive to get yeah so i you know you might be 80 pounds for the post and you think yeah that's pretty but then the other 60 quid or 70 quid it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of yeah so I've got Ikea a, do good sort yeah, of yeah but not frames. but you want to get with those sort of posters like I can see in your office here you want to get it you've got to get it properly measured and stuff you don't just whack it into any I've old, got that I've got a frame, but, frame. To, but the thing is I am um, for St- Stephen um, is really his family is really into property and um I got and he likes floor plans he okay. loves a floor he's a plan. Floor, he's a big plan. He's yeah. a big floor Everyone plan says that guy. about him. Yeah. Um, and tits. <laughs> classic. Floor plans and floor tits. Floor plans and tits. Um, uh, so for his, uh, for our anniversary, for our first year anniversary, it's paper, of course, as okay. you'll know, being a married man. No, did um, not know that. We always forget our wedding anniversary because we. But your wife's we, so much more laid back than no, me. No, well, she is laid back, but it, and it's coming up. We re, we miss it every year because we sort of celebrate the first time we had sex. Or our first date, whichever one you want right. to call it. Do you want to tell people why you're slightly late for this podcast? I, we just had sex again <laughs> and we're going to be celebrating that particular... Well, I was on the way over. I was 40 minutes late and and it was about quarter two. So And then I was like, oh, I should... And I sort of take some, I'm going to be late. And I was trying to think of excuses and 
And I was thinking, oh, because it's World Book Day. Oh, yeah. the costumes. I was like, oh, what a nightmare we have with costumes. And I thought, oh, screw it. She's Just married. She knows. We, yeah, we had a window. A window. We had a window. window. We took it. <laughs> I can only apologise to I you. Adore, I adore the honesty. I applaud the honesty. I'm sorry. So for our first year anniversary, um, I got Stephen floor plans drawn of the house because mm. it's on paper. Mm-hmm. It's what he loves. It's thoughtful. It's interesting. And then I, they've been at the framers now about six months I need to go pick them up oh, but oh so you, haven't even, you can't even what, you can't afford the, the, well, no, the taxi to pick them up I, I meant to go and get I, I, I bought them I presented them and he's like oh cool and I said do you want me to get them framed and he was like well yeah is, this is the definite I know people overuse this phrase but first world problems <laughs> this, we're really we're here, as we're here in North London we are really hit, we've hit the peak of, of first world problems of it's not picking the fra- up the, the framing of our posters what a... well Carl Donnelly talked about um Scented candles. He's really into diptyque scented candles, which is a huge claim for him. You know, he's like my, my really poor background. That's his fetish. Is buying it. So, well, you got to buy. Yeah, when you when you don't have much money, it's about what can you afford that feels like upper class or something. Yeah. And that's probably the cheapest, expensive thing you can buy. Yeah, would be scented candles. I was speaking to a friend about this recently, who said that lattes. Um, Starbucks and coffee shops can tell you where an area is thriving because lattes are um, a, a product that's like it's a recessionary product. Yes, because you can people, spend two pound fifty on that and yeah, feel like feel, okay. Yeah, Same with like pizzas yourself. and stuff. Pizzas do quite well in recessions. Yeah, As a, I I read the Economist. I'm okay, a big, that's the only news Whereas, that I read. I heard that um, a shoe menders is counter recessionary. Okay. So okay. if there's a, you know, people take yeah. their shoes, people can't buy new shoes, they'll go there. So they do really well when the economy's doing really badly. That's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, no, I thought coffees did well when the economy was doing badly as well. No, coffee does well when the economy's getting better. Oh, see, I read... people will I, spend that extra four, four, four dollars or oh, two. See, but there's fifty. another school of thought, which is that coffee shops do well in recessions and pizzas and stuff because cause you can't afford a new TV or something, you splurge on these very small uh, ticket items like right. coffee so you feel like oh i'm depressed and i can't afford the tv up. i can't go on holiday i can't spend a grand or whatever it is but for two pound three pounds i can oh, buy I a coffee i was told the opposite oh well that person's utterly wrong and well, oh, who, who told you that was it carl donnelly i want to no, go on a side note here it's someone his name, his name is peter boyd and he set up He's pretty. He's, he's, he's he a, knows his stuff, doesn't he's he? A, he was CEO of Virgin Mobile. He does a lot of work for Richard Branson. And that's if probably knows more. How, he definitely knows more than he me. He knows a little bit more okay, about. That's a words of wisdom. Sorry thing. about that, but um, no, I didn't. He's just a friend from school who was okay. telling you know because I was talking about I was doing material going. I'd love to do material about the economy, and he was kind of like, yeah, good luck with that because I discovered that the only things that don't really suffer in an economy is the sales sales of red lipstick and pornography. Mm-hmm. They, well, that's just a growth market. <laughs> whatever, whatever happens. Well, I can't, we, there was a, a growth yeah, market. Yeah. Not in my case. Not anymore. I'm done. I'm finished for the day. But um, yeah, that's uh, the, well. They said comedy normally does well with um, the recession, and really? I think it did in the '90s because again, I think it was like, oh well, we can't go to the theatre, but we can go to see some comedy for a fiver, whatever it was back then. But I think we know you and I, I, I think it's that case. it's been it's yeah, been a, it's, it's been a very good. tough recession for comedy. I think it's. It's, it's maybe it's because talk has got too. It? Yeah, maybe it's it's just it's. I think it's been tough. I I don't know if it was that the circuit in this country was due a a bit of a burst. The yeah. bubble was going to burst anyway, or whether the recession helped it along a bit. I just kind of feel like people go and see the big name TV comics and don't understand That's that big exactly. name TV comics are built in small. 
cops yeah, absolutely. were and not supporting that their thing. craft. And then, also, in a lot of cases, not all, but in, no, that's not fair. In some cases, they would have a better night. The standard can be higher in a in a comedy club than at a TV thing with someone doing their third tour. That's not. Uh, un- yeah, I guess a- I kind of. I, I like what um what happens in a comedy club. I like that comedians go off on one and mm. then something funny can emerge. It's a much more live and, yeah. experience. I did the Belfast Empire last uh, oh, wow. two weeks ago yeah, and it was just, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. There was a wee drunk guy at the bar and it was, it was just kind of, you know, and it was it was like um, Shrove Tuesday. So, of course, all the Catholics were out in force getting drunk before Easter, before Lent kicks in. Okay. So it was, you know. I remember doing that and I said, because, you know, you hear all the stories, certainly having the accent I have, and you hear all the stories about... English acts going over there and dying and all this stuff. And I remember going over there and saying, uh, the compare, because they have two compares. There's yeah. one there's one compare who's a sort of bitter local guy. And then there's a very funny guy, Colin Murphy, I think, who's hilarious. Colin Murphy was... But it was the other, it was the bitter guy who could only, <laughs> it was all Protestant Catholic material. And oh, it, was really? like, it wouldn't work anywhere else apart from in that in, in Belfast or the surrounding areas. And uh, and I he just said, oh, is there anything you want me to say? I said, I would just, you know, not, if you don't mention I'm English or something, that oh, would be God. cool. And he goes on, typical asshole, and just, he was just like, oh, next act. Hey, well, um, he's really nervous because he's English and he's really scared. And then just, I went on and it was, it was oh, about no. 15 and minutes. And it can be quite difficult. Yeah, it was it? about 15 minutes just to get him to calm down. Well, they just had no faith in me. And I was quite new as well. And I just sort of, I was living because, you know, you're going to Belfast. And it it's was, a tough it was a long gig. Journey. It's, a tough it's a long journey. And you're going all that way just to have a bad gig. So the next time I did it, and he was comparing again. Okay, you got the same I guy. said to the guy who promoted it, I said, look, mate, if he gives me that kind of intro again, I'm just not going to go on. Because it's just not worth it. Yeah. And uh, and he really told, you know, so, and it was a good gig, but it's just But you have to grab it by the nuts, that gig, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, but but going on and starting on a back foot. I used, when I started, I remember having this real thing about my accent and like, if I was gigging up, in, up north or in Manchester or whatever, like, oh my God, they're going to hear that I went to public school and just hate me and stuff. But that has rescinded as I've become incredibly funny. <laughs> then I don't <laughs> I need to worry comedy, about that. Though. It does make me laugh because I quite like the fact that you do that thing where you amuse yourself. And so often... Much and, more than anybody else. No, is, but you amuse yeah. the audience. But, the, you know, the, the, You have to keep it funny for yourself. Otherwise, yeah, absolutely. A lot of it But quite is, a lot of people... I kind of feel that quite often when I see someone newer and they're doing material that I find really, really funny and then they get well, get, get really good and they go on TV and they sort of bland out a little bit mm. and they're not what I saw, the, yeah. the, what I really enjoyed about when I first saw them. Does that Abs- make sense? No, no, absolutely. And I mean, and I thought a lot about this and I hope to uh, be able to kind of jump over this when it when I become incredibly uh, successful one day uh, will be you're that... You're doing all right, Josh. I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right. But... Um, is this whole I think the thing is once you've got your fan base and then you're trying out new material and people know who you are they're going to laugh like you've won the battle mm-hmm. so they go oh yeah that's a guy or that's a girl from TV that we think they're brilliant that person then the app will try out their material their new material and it will get a laugh just because people get excited yeah. that you're there yeah. and they go oh well that's pretty good and they get away with it that's and that's the thing is. whereas if you're going on as a, an unknown act to most of the to the country yeah. and you're going on they don't know you so you have to be that bit funnier so to get them the on side so the that makes them blander I think it's a real tough thing you have to really check yourself and the ones who do well even when they've got that fan base maintain their honesty and aren't lazy in terms of thinking oh well that's good enough that's really some, so some people do that and that's what I was saying which is sometimes some acts 
when they become TV famous or whatever, and they're out on the road because they've kind of won the battle and then they develop a new hour of material. Uh, and sometimes in a short space of time, because they want they to capitalize and they yeah. get the new tour out. A lot of the times it won't be as funny as their first stuff That's or really even as point. funny as anything. They'll get away with it and the show will be good or good enough. People will laugh, but it won't actually be that great in terms of its standard of, I hear, of but Mickey of, Flanagan's like he's kept his sort of he absolutely there are people who totally avoid it and yeah. well Mickey's an interesting one because he was on the circuit for so, so long, long he learned how to be able to turn over that material and maintain I think that honesty so I think when he goes out there there isn't a dip it's, uh, it's he's just still him. he's it's just raw a very, Mickey yeah he's just a strong <laughs> guy and, and that's the advantage to somewhat taking so long coming yeah you, yeah you kind of in all that stuff is built in becomes embedded within you whereas someone who maybe yeah. it happens a bit quick too quick for um it can stunt their growth as well adam bloom always used to tell me it was sort of like a light shining in on a flower like if, if it was too much too soon and and then that just pushed it them just in one direction yeah. yeah and so you need that time to experiment to fail really that's what you need to do is fail and ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. I have failed for many, many years. You're an impressive I'm failure. I'm an impressive failure. <laughs> I love that show you did in Edinburgh. We've, we've got into comedy. Sorry, I wanted to talk about Polish film posters. But okay. we'll, no, no, we'll tell me about back. the show no, that we'll you love. I'll the, the, tell you the show. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm a dick. I'm a dick, yeah. I just, but, but I kind of like, so, there was so much about it that... Um, I, could, I like I like that when I kind of feel in on it with the comic and they because I used to you know you, you go to comedy shows and like none of the audience are laughing and the comic comics are, all the comics are laughing you think oh. just, just talking about me by the way I'm not yeah. talking about uh, yeah, you but that I know was what a great gig because yeah. I went to the, uh, it was a, the start of Edinburgh and it was a quieter show yeah. that I saw and I, I thought it was so funny and there was like there was about fifteen people in the room and eight of us were wetting ourselves laughing and there was two people in there that just. I, I, mem- I remember that again. I know, and, it, and I was and laughing sort of going, at them I as can... much as I was laughing well, at the show. Well, that's what that is pretty much. That sums up as a my whole thing. Even in bigger comedy clubs, where it will always be, even if there's four hundred people, there's going to be a handful of people who just don't <laughs> get it. And what's funny for me, and funny for the comics, and funny for the audience, is seeing people get really riled up. And certainly with the show like that, they, I remember someone was like, "You're such, you're a dick," and I'm like, "This show is called I Am a Dick." Like that's yeah. the whole point. It was and, so good, though, and it's it's funny when they don't go with that and they go. It reminded me quite a lot of. Have you been, have you seen the Book of Mormon? I have. You know what? I don't. I'm too poor. Book of Mormon. I you find a rich friend and get them to see. Okay. That's how we got to see it. Um, Book of Mormon, hilarious, so funny and so inventive and so wrong, but. Um, quite a lot of people in the audience that had gone to see it are obviously the blue rinses that read the mail and see that this is the big hit show and they go and see it. So you're laughing at the show, but dotted all around you, there are people stony-faced and shocked and And, getting angry. And we spent as much time like nudging each other going, look, three rows down, look at that couple. And they were just so angry. It makes me me laugh and it makes me upset. I don't want to like make, I don't want to make people angry. I don't set out to make people upset. But when they do, it's like they reveal their true selves. That sort of closed mindedness or that uh, kind of reactionary sense. And and it just, and that, it it winds me up as much as I, I laugh, but I get wound up by it. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I get wound up by that in society. That kind of knee jerkness. I've designed everything. You know, you yeah. see myself. It's all designed to as a piss take 
And if you actually genuinely take offence or, or or read, like it's all cleverly designed where actually the thing I'm saying isn't what I'm saying at yeah. all and it isn't offensive. But if you just hear a word and go, oh my God, he can't say something about that. Well, I'm not, I'm not actually saying anything about that. I'm just using it as a trigger point. Yeah. And when people do rise to it, you know, oh come on it's 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 it's, it's sort of infuriating mm-hmm. but at the same time they've revealed themselves of being dicks and that was kind of the thing was like they I'm were the, dick. the no. yeah. secret squirrel you are You're the dick. <laughs> yeah so that um that it's sort it's amusing but frustrating but I yeah I've sort of created a rod for my back really I um, love it though well my dad then Mark Lamar used to do the same thing on stage with Heck like he's just going to stage I remember watching him comparing in Edinburgh mm. and he used to go on stage make the audience hate him and then win him back and that was his thing okay and I remember going my god that's so I, there's never because I'm so like me like me like me like me when I'm on stage whereas I just thought my god that's so ballsy yeah well I, I don't want anybody to hate me I, but I but I always felt like in real life when you meet someone and when I meet someone anyway it's I'm not one of those hey, hey let's be best friends straight away I always hang back a little bit suss them out See if we've got a similar vibe, sense of humor, and then I'll start almost pushing them away because if they if they get it and they la- and they and they still come back, then I can relax and finally. Le- it's an insecure mates. Then I don't know. <laughs> well, it's an insecure. kind of person that's cool. He doesn't like me. I'm staying well, away from him. Well, maybe you did, and then maybe I think because we went on to Miami for that TV oh, show, yes. and then when people finally break through. Then, then it's like there's loyalty, and I'm really. But I have to feel safe to be. Show in Miami because I remember making yeah. you because me getting hammered because I was away from the children. Yeah. We went out for dinner, and you did your impression for me. Which, Which impression was that? Luke my Perry. Bo- oh, my Luke Perry. Oh, well, that's like, unfortunately only if, if only this were a video podcast <laughs> would you see the the, 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 the true uh, resemblance there. Oh, um, how but funny. Uh, but that's so that's sort of the way I am on stage a little bit is like a little bit pushing them away when they've proved themselves as as cool or whatever it is then i go all right great then we can have fun and now i can be myself and it's and it's really harmed my career (laughs) it's interesting you know everyone could be you because tell me about the show the 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 movie geek oh the movie geek yeah so that was for sky unfortunately i'm not doing it anymore but um yeah i did that for a for a good few years and that was great it was it was me as sort of being myself somewhat in that i am incredibly passionate about films it, that's sort of how I got into comedy really because I always wanted to write and direct films and and as anyone who, who does that knows how hard it is I mean it's getting easier but there's this Orson Welles quote a poet needs a pen a filmmaker needs an army and that's yeah. still somewhat true even though you can do much more by yourself now and um so I sort of was looking and there was like Simon Pegg and obviously Woody Allen back in the day there are people who've gone I've heard of them I'm familiar yeah, with those, them you're familiar, you've heard of those so yeah so they they, they'd, comedy was part of their journey to mm-hmm. stand up and I figure if I'm not making films then I can learn another craft and then hopefully sidestep into films later on and that's still part part of my plan long term uh, but as I got more um, uh, absorbed by the comedy world that's taken over really all of my that's the art form that I'm trying to master mm-hmm. I'm not sort of doing this and then I'll never do stand up again if I got a film or anything yeah. for me stand up is such a pure art form that I'm just scratching the surface of it's funny isn't it because I really do enjoy the sort of journey and, and, and the craft of it I'm yeah. doing stuff at the minute about um, how crap Malala is yeah. um, and of course my point isn't that Malala is yeah. crap but that similar and, and I love the sort of laugh mm. 
that, that comes from that. I used to have that. a thing about her being a bad speller. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they never point out. She's terrible. Get her in and try and get her actually reading a book. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it was her autobiography. Like, I'd read her autobiography, and I was like, God, it was, such, it was so badly written. Um, Favourite films? But when you but ask a film, films gu- in genres, yeah, then, okay. and so there's what? like sub thing, like there's like guilty pleasure lists. There's the list okay, that you want to okay. sound intelligent. Let me set up various different scenarios okay. and tell me what film you put okay, on, right? Okay, okay. So you come in from a gig, you've been brilliant, the audience has been shit, it's been three hours away. Okay, but you want to unwind. What do you put on? Taken. Yeah. Taken is that the Liam Neeson one? Yeah. Like we're talking sort of like a film that I can just that I've seen before that I can just get into and turn my brain off. There's a few films like that. I'm not saying they're like works of art. And that genre is what sort of geriatric um, gun. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) whatever it is, it's got some great action scenes. It's easy on the eye. There's lots of arrows being tortured and killed. I love it. No, I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't kill me, don't kill me. I'm joking. Um, You can't joke about Arabs. They don't like it. I've heard they don't like it. Yeah, that's that's the word on the street. Um, No, so... As long as you don't draw it, (laughs) you can say what you like. Um... Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of those films. Just there's there are these films that are on TV on like ITV two at three in the morning, mm-hmm. and that seems to be one of those films that's always on. Oh. Uh, I, I mean, it's when I come back and I'm a bit tired and I, but I'm a bit wired, tired I and wired. I always feel that because I drink coffee to get home. Yeah. So that I don't crash the car and then I get in and there's not a chance I'm sleeping. Yeah. And also you're still buzzing and you're just happy to be home and alive and you're, you look at your kids in bed and you're like, okay, ah, you know, I you're am grateful the, for everything. Thank oh, you, yeah. world. Oh, I'm back at home. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but then you still require an hour. So that, you, but you're not going to put on Godfather or some high work of high art what, to go um, to sleep to. When you were, a, like, do you have a film that you put on that you reminisce about being the sort of teenagers getting into films, Ooh, those happy days? Oh, well that's, okay. Well, I mean, there's films about being a teenager in terms of... I don't of, mean about being a teenager, I mean no, the ones no, that you watched when you were, like, that spoke to you. Yeah, spoke to me. Well, Annie Hall was always the go-to film for me and that probably has had a bigger impact on my life than anything because I think I watched it when I was about 17 or 18 That's and I've seen it so many times and it was when I was going through this um sort of I was I was pretty much f- training to be a Jew I mean you know you my trained story to be a rabbi, didn't yeah you? so I trained to be a rabbi for I as you, I was raised a Buddhist uh and then I wasn't I, going to ask you about that because I thought everyone must ask yeah, you about well, being no, a Buddhist I mean I haven't rabbi. talked about it for a long time I did a show about it in Edinburgh years ago called Chosen and then but it's interesting I was raised a Buddhist and then uh, and then all this kind of new age stuff. And then when I was about 16, I started getting to be Jewish, but I was also very much into hip hop and all my friends at school were black. And I, I thought I was this little, you know, black rapper. And that was that was who I was. But I started getting more into the whole Jewish thing. And when I did, um, because I wasn't raised Jewish, my mum's Jewish, but I had no cultural leanings that way or mm-hmm. it's not like we had bagels on Sundays or whatever it is um, probably more Jewish than you <laughs> yeah well I mean there's obviously I have a certain amount of angst naturally but watching Annie Hall was the film that almost was like my my sort of how to be, how a, be Jew, a Jew how to be a Jew how to be angsty and I I'm definitely more as you can see with the hands and stuff I think it, it's it's embedded now it is in there but at the time it was much it was it was like a fake thing and affectation your wife has sort of like little essences of annie hall you think so yeah, yeah well she's yeah flavors in a way, of annie yeah she's a sort of la di da you know uh, shiksa shik- beautiful shiksa type uh i did break up with someone who uh wasn't did a, annie hall enough no yeah well no i did i broke up this very beautiful girl who 
didn't know that Woody Allen was Jewish. And for me, this was when I was about 20, 21. And I was just like, well, there's no point us being together because yeah. Judaism and that's fundamental. film are like the two parts of my life that come together. And they, they sort of, the Venn diagram, there's Woody <laughs> Allen in the middle. So if you just don't even know that, then, then I like no what people break up. I mean, I broke up with a guy once because of his laugh. His laugh really annoyed me. Fair and enough. obviously because I'm hilarious. There was a lot yeah, of laughter. Were, uh, absolutely. Um, I broke up with somebody once because he texted me, you're such a great girl. Okay. And he spelt your... Oh, yeah. Wrong. What, you, what, you, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, your, the, your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you like, are, yeah. Do you know what? This no, is sorry, just, mate, I'm really not, sorry. Not, yeah. I'm a, I'm the dick here. It's, it is me. No, I, it's not I agree. you, it's me. I agree. It's the grammar thing, and yeah. I can't see no, you No, no, that's, that's a big one, that's a big one. I did have a friend who split up with a girl because they went out on the sec- second or third date, I think it was, and he said, what's your favourite TV show? And she said, I don't own a television. And he said he's doing hyperventilating. <laughs> Was okay. like, I, so who broke up with who though? She broke. He, he, broke, he broke up with her. I wouldn't because... break up with someone if they hadn't got a telly. That's a bit too much. His life revolves around TV. He loves TV. Well, I know that's. Uh, that... Then what are they going to talk about? Well, admittedly, box sets. Ha- I think I think they talk about the divorce rate going down, and I think it is box sets. That I love say, box sets. Are new, are they, they, they new? Ha- that's what keeps us together. So, like, oh, what are yeah. we doing tonight? We got House of Cards. Are we on episode? I'm four? on episode two of it. We're on episode. One. Oh, oh, season one. Oh, well, season one's the best, really. really. We're on season three. It's dipped a little bit, but still, that Game of Thrones. Oh, that, that's what that's what we've got to live for. That's the excitement. So, for do us. you think box sets are the new um, marriage guidance counselors? In a way, it definitely it keeps marriages going at least till the end of that season. Which puts in, I mean, which puts, if that's the new um, marriage guidance counselling, the new cheating. Oh yes, is Abs- watching an oh, episode oh, ahead. No, there's no question, and and I've ha- I've done that. <laughs> We've a had few massive times. arguments about that. I did Who, it with Orange Is the New Black, and yeah. I've ruined it all. Absolutely, but then you've back. got to go and watch it again. We've not, we're going to we've not well, then, watched Orange Is the New Black. then you have Black to pretend since... that you haven't seen it, like, and then you have to rewatch it with them. And I've done that like oh, only once or twice. That's kind of sly, but that's like having sex, cheating on someone, and then having to have sex, and you're. Willie's still raw <laughs> or whatever but, but you have to sense. do it to prove that's the idea um not that I've ever done that but well back in the day I did do that actually but this is you know back yeah. in the, the single when I had hair and all that stuff well you have quite a lot of hair on your face uh, that's just uh depression is it <laughs> so but I want to tell you a story about Annie Hall which is when tell I me. got together with Monique my lovely wife um this was like oh this is the film that defines me and all this and there was a retrospective at the Curzon so we went down there and I was like this is the funniest film this is the best film and afterwards she told me this years later but it was really awkward because she was like deliberately laughing to prove that she kind of got it. It was so That's sweet. So sweet of her. And so, I know, totally. And then years and such later... such an Annie Hall thing to do. And then, yeah, well, then years later, she was like, oh, I didn't rate it that much. I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, oh, I was just trying to idiot, make you Joe. happy. She's well, not... no, it is a brilliant, oh, brilliant film. It's a brilliant... But also just trying to make you happy. I want I know, to like what you like. I know. Well, this is... but we, it was great. Our, our relationship now is about films and box sets because that's such a big part of my life. But what she wasn't really into films at all. So when we got together, it was there was a lot of educating. Like, she's educated me on how to, you know, be nice, em- be, nice <laughs> be empathic. And, and that emo- emo- well, I'm, I'm better than I was. And then I've educated her on, you know, Sopranos, Godfather, and various things of, of that. Um, if you, okay, now here's a here's a complex film okay. one. I did an acting course in, 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 in LA and they gave me a list of films that I should watch if I was, you know, if you want to be a serious actor with great okay. acting in it. Okay. 
But if you were to prescribe five films, mm-hmm. five films for someone who's not a film buff, okay, and to excite them, what five about films? cinema? Well, yeah, I guess uh, just great films. They don't have to just, be about cinema. They just have to be okay. films that make that are going to yeah. ignite a passion for 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 films. For, for, okay, because film the best films for me and the best art for me is always going to be stuff that lets you into a world that you wouldn't otherwise be privy to, like pushing tin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that like the wrong pushy, one to go exactly for? Exactly like pushing it. No, but but it, it's Tim, always about. Don't know, is, um, a, yeah, a, a, a film with Billy Bob Air, Thornton. And, yeah, Air, Air no, there's a certain there's uh, that what's somewhat interesting about that film is that it, yeah, it, it you're getting you're letting into the world of the high stressed um, airline controllers. I love the fact that the, the thing in that film I really liked was I like the human bits in films where mm. you kind of go like. I, I video comics backstage what, what it's like backstage not that anyone's interested but in case anyone is it's I just think people are interested I think, I think so whenever I do a gig I film I was interested comics. before I was a comic to so, see, I mean what you imagine that world to be like and it's just us titting about going what, one Coca-Cola you know right? yeah. that kind of thing yeah. but in Pushing Tin I remember there being a, an episode where somebody was having a barbecue and invited all the air traffic controllers mm-hmm. but of course some of them were working Okay. so, so one so. of the air traffic controllers for a laugh directs all the planes over the barbecue so oh, every yeah. five minutes there's yeah, a light funny. of an air and I was kind of like I like that because that's the sort of thing that human- would happen that's, that's yeah. what I do yeah absolutely <laughs> if there's a party I can go to that's destroy exactly it. what I do destroy it destroy it I've forgotten that bit but that is a nice little touch uh, but no Pushing Tim would not be on the list I've mentioned it I've done why I keep on mentioning it but obviously the Godfathers I'd have to say one and two I'm not gonna or if they can become some one, one I love Rushmore which is Wes Anderson's film. second film. I love, but then I love Bottle Rocket, which is his first film because it's like him without having any money. So he has to do I've his. Seen Bottle Rocket. So it's oh, it's a brilliant film, but it's sort of like it doesn't have what some people might think are his annoying traits of the, the, that kind of twee, less twee, because he just he had to just get on with it and film. Uh-huh. And but it still has enough of his touches I to feel like different. I think I'd like to be friends with Wes Anderson. I was watching him at the Oscars. I'm sure he's a cool dude. And he's has such a nice sort of smile. Right, right. Yeah, and... but people like that who are successful are also steel. What do you mean? I mean, to get what he needed to do to make his first film, to make his second film, people like that are like driven. So they right. might be friendly and nice, but at the end of the day... They'll kill you. you. If you, you're standing, in, not necessarily kill you, but they want to get what they want to get done. And they can be, there's a ruthlessness or whatever. Now, some people could dress it up nicely... Um, but I think there's no question that as nice as he may be, there's also underlying all of that quite a, a very strong core of determinism and whether that comes out in, in what ways. Wow. Um, I'm just trying to justify why I'm not more successful because I'm too nice. And... Well, I, I think we need to revisit why people, for me, why, what, what people define as success. And yes. successful for me, uh, you know, I'd sure I'd love more money and I'd love a more thriving career, but... I, li- I live in a world where I get to do this every so often. Sure. I get to drive the kids to school on, on, on World Book Day and have a giggle at what they're all wearing and meltdown. Somebody's sword fell out of their belt today, which was, you know, a, a huge tragedy for a small child, but hilarious for me. And watching a mum... When, when you stole it. <laughs> do you want a sword? <laughs> but, it just, but I think success success has different it, faces. It, I, it, absolutely. And of course, I... I think about this a lot because I'm not as successful as I want to be. 
So I try and justify it. Well, no, no, absolutely. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got three healthy, lovely kids. As you say, I get to spend a lot of my time with them. And that's a privilege compared to some friends of mine who are straight back at work after their two-week paternity leave. And and even the mothers don't, don't even get that much time. So all of that is an absolute blessing. And I do something I love. I do something that I'm constantly growing at. Uh, what's hard and I don't know if this is particular to being a comic is that all of your friends and peers they're the ones who get successful that success is rubbed in your face pretty much at every angle like it's inescapable so you get on the tube there's posters for DVDs and posters you go into a bookshop the top five sellers are all people you know and you're friends with or you turn on the TV and there's a comedy show whether it's a sitcom that people are acting on or theirs or or it's some sort of live at the apollo whatever it is it's like there's my that person there's something you haven't got you haven't got and that person you know has and invariably of course because your mind is full of ego you're gonna go well i did that gig with them on in northampton and they died on their ass and yet they're or whatever it is so um it's it's tough to that not getting bitter part of things and just because it's just it's there it's in the air it's everywhere you look uh so that is tough to and and also society when you say you're a stand-up people like oh well i've never heard of you so (laughs) i like my favorite question is should i know you i don't know are you into comedy yeah well people don't even say should i they don't even say that that's quite (laughs) rude they just sort of look at you like you're lying really (laughs) It's usually like, oh, and you make a... Li- How many gigs do you do a week? How many gigs do you do a month then? And you, maybe you're like, oh, four a week. And I, like, oh, four a week? Oh, okay. Uh, look, I did the same. <laughs> I met Adam Bloom, who's a friend of mine. I met him, and we obviously you know as well. And, but um, before I was a comic, he sort of helped... He really got me into it. Mm-hmm. And I met him and uh, at some new material night or something. I was there. And I was like, oh, and I was like, how long have you been doing this? And he was like, eight years. And I was like, oh my God, you've been an open spot for eight years. He's like, no, I'm... A prof-. And I was um, like, oh, and you make a living from this? I'd never heard of him, mm-hmm. he, even though he has done a fair bit of TV and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I've, and he got very defensive. Like, I just got £2,000 to do this corporate video, uh, to corporate gig, and I get... And that's justifying to himself. And now we, we know that's justifying to yourself as much as it is justifying uh, to the other Absolutely. Person. So it's... It, when people... You meet people at weddings or wherever it is that you meet new people who don't know you it, it, it is it is weird because if they haven't seen you on tv or live at the apollo or whatever it is um you don't exist you don't you then you're obviously lying you're not a comic or you're certainly not a funny comic i have um I, I, there's a few times i've met um because also being a comic you get quite good at reading people i think and i was out for a, a friend's 40th for dinner and there was a big sort of company director sat next to me and he said so um lorraine tells me you're a comedian Tell me a joke then. Uh. And my heart sank because I thought, I'm going to say no. You're going to insist I tell you a joke and you're going to remain stony-faced because just to spite me. And then there was an inevitability to it that I couldn't, if I didn't tell him a joke, I was going to look like a dick. But he was always going to make me feel like a dick. Anyway, so of course I tell him a joke, he doesn't laugh. It's kind of like, oh yeah. He's like, I don't find that funny. Well, you you were never going to find it funny. But, But what... What can I do? What 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 are my options? That's, I get that every time. Because I go you're a on... friend of hers. If you weren't, I'd be calling you. I'll see you next Tuesday. Absolutely, yeah. Every time I go on stage, exactly the same thing happens. To me. <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> the audience are like, "Tell us a joke." 
And I'm like, no, because you're not going to think I'm funny. And then out of spite. <laughs> um, so hang on, I need to get to this quote. That, so, that's the five By the way, audience, Wendy one. is very professional. She has written things out on a piece of paper. Wow. I'm writing things down so I can come back to this them because a, I'm quite is... bad. My brain works in that way that I get halfway down. Like, I kind of think of my thoughts like a tree. So I can go yeah, to one of end of the branch when I'm yeah. actually trying to go to let, the bottom let, left. Let's, let's chop this tree down. Let's Godfather go. 1, Godfather 2. Oh, okay. Is Rushmore on it? Rushmore would probably be on it, yeah. Rushmore. Maybe and... Harold and Maud. Maybe. But is that a film that I would... That is a great film, but am I just saying that because I want to sound like I know something about film? And that's I've never one of the, heard of it. It's about a, a eighteen-year-old boy, seventeen-year-old boy, falls in love with this eighty-year-old woman who oh, was a really? Holocaust survivor. But it's it's Hal Hartley. It's a very it's very funny and charming. And the thing, it's one of those films that you referencing when you, my marriage that I'm yeah, yeah, married yeah, to my yeah, younger exactly. man. <laughs> uh, yeah. When I when you, it's one of those films that when you watch it, you realize it's been ripped off a thousand times, and you can know all the references from that point and the music in it. Um, but it's it's a fantastic film. But but like I say, am I am I saying that just for effect? Because I'm going to watch these. I'm going to. Oh do well, I, I would highly recommend Harold yeah. and Maud. Harold and Maud, yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic film. I watched it. Th- I read an article about um, Judy Dench, and she said you've always got to keep learning. And I'm more than oh happy yeah, just well to that's keep learning. well, film is the best thing because it's an hour and a half rather than reading a book. <laughs> or something you can't say which... that on, on World Book Day. Oh yeah, it's World Book well, Day today. Uh, don't read a bit. Watch a film. Yeah, watch a Wait film. Wait comes that's out on. Hour, yeah, that's an hour and a half of your life. Not you're not investing. You only get a certain number of books in your life. Someone worked it out that if you read a book a week, it would be like a thousand. It's a le- lot less than you think it would be. Uh, oh, really? And suddenly, when you put it like that, you're like, oh wow, okay. Well, I need to. I love books though. I love books, and I'm sitting next to your bookshelves. I love this bookshelf There's situation. Lots of bookshelves. And, I, and I, when I go to someone's house, that's it. Like I'm straight away looking at their books judging them I'm all about judging a book by its cover we have lots of books I had to, today I had that thought and I knew I was writing material this morning I was trying to write material I, mm. I'm, who am I kidding I was trying to write material this morning and I looked mm. at my bookshelves and I thought maybe I should arrange them in colour <laughs> <laughs> okay. in different colours and then realise I need to buckle down and concentrate see I look because... at my book I like to look at my bookshelves and think Maybe I should read some of these books. <laughs> I, well, seriously, I've, read I've got. I've read, but I have. I, I have so many books because I buy. That's my addiction. I don't take drugs. I don't drink really. I don't smoke. But I buy books. Do you? And whether it's Amazon, whether it's independent bookshops, or, or or when you're on the road, I love walking into charity shops and stuff. So I, uh, if I read a book a week, bef- I would not get through all the books I already really? own. I mean, I've got hundreds and hundreds of books. And I read like a couple at a time. I'm reading. Um... Hillary Clinton's biography, which is really, really oh, okay. good. I read that She's... one that erased of their lives, which is hit her against Obama. Oh right, it's no. really, really good. Is it? Well, I'm, I'm, re- I'm re- reading her biography. I'm also reading this book that a friend told me about, and it's called "Is Alan Carr's Easy Way to Control Drinking." Okay. And uh, I'm not kind of desperate. To, but the funny thing is, I'm taking it slowly because apparently by the end of the book, you don't want another drink. I've seen. And I'm I've, kind I've of seen, worried that yeah, I'm never yeah. going to drink I've again. I've seen Wendy on the wine <laughs> on the road. It's sort of it's weird looking at you now, not having sort of anything red, on your teeth. Red, red wine, black. I'm like, wow, this is a, this is the morning, Wendy. <laughs> I haven't seen the morning, Wendy. It's only because I get I, I get giddy when I'm out. Pre 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 twelve o'clock. Uh, but yeah, I love looking at, at books and and seeing and you can read. And but this is it when you go to someone's house, and I don't want to say who because com- it's not comics and stuff but when i go to people's house who uh-huh. maybe live out in wherever 
Essex, shall we say, friends of friends, okay. or whatever. You go and they don't have any bookshelves. Or they've really? got like three books and it's Rachel's Holiday. It's always invariably the same three books, maybe The Beach or well, The Beach is a good book and that's fine. But they don't own any books and it drives me mad. It's bizarre because it was at the end of that big Freakonomics. Yes, Freakonomics, of course. And, yeah, of course. And, and, and it says and the, that one the of the um, connections to high-performing children are lots of books in the house. Yeah. So quite a lot of people were buying books. Just to have them in the house. Just to have them in the yeah, house. Yeah, and sure. then, like, the point of having books in the house is if you have books in the house, the chances them. are you read them yeah. and then you pass on knowledge to children. And if you have a propensity to read, your children are probably going to have yeah. propensity. In the same way that if you want your kid to be a footballer in the premiership, the best start you can give them is to be a footballer in the premiership. Okay, yeah. Because... Well, this, well, this is why. And actually, <laughs> we talking of children, I hate football absolutely hate it <laughs> and I've got three boys as you know so my aim really is to not get them into football okay and that's that's really what I'm working very hard towards like not doing and I've explained to them intellectually my reasons why and it, it I don't like it when I go to a green room which is saying and and you walk in there and it's four guys talking about whatever some football team because they're not talking about anything else it's like I talk see, about I, anything else apart I like from that football bonding thing i think i kind of have this theory that people want to connect people of course really they want, want to, connect, to connect but i just but... think it's such as I, I there's a i just think for me it's always going to be films or books or tv series i'd much rather connect over a work of art than oh well this team scored that goal and that player's crap and that manager what about a film about football there are some good films about football. There's that great film about football hooliganism uh, from the sort of late eighties, early nineties, which I can't. ID. ID. Yeah, it's a great. That's a good film. It's about an undercover police officer. That's a good film. Worth. It's not going to be in my top five, but it's a really. We've still got one space for the oh, top one five. Space. Oh, it's so We've tricky. We've got Godfather one and two. Rushmore. Would you put Rushmore in? Or would yeah, you put I put Rushmore. In? I put Rushmore in. Yeah, Howard and Maud. To get them excited about life, it's so tricky because there are just so many films i'd have to put some sort of cohen brother movie in there maybe um or or a, i love a asking someone who's passionate about someone it's something really, and watching it's, it's tricky i kind of feel like you might have jumped into that rubbish pit at the end of toy story 2 when they're like panicking about See, that's a great that's a genius film toy it's story a great film. uh and toy story 3 as well they're I, it's a really my, hot. My I don't kids know. tease me about Toy Story Two is the one that they're going to the airport, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And they're going across the road underneath traffic cones. Mm. And you know how mum, mum, mummy always says something. Your mother will say something that will be in the family forever mm. because it's a ridiculous, stupid thing to say, and everyone likes to laugh at mum. And I said, oh, when they were crossing the road underneath the, the, the traffic cones, I was like, oh. It's getting a bit far fetched now. <laughs> at which point, all the kids just turned and looked at me, and I was kind of, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. You're right that, the that's thing. the one thing. <laughs> yeah, we can. Well, most films are allowed, and you're allowed one suspension of disbelief. That, but if you break that rule again, and we talked about writing books and yeah. script writing and stuff, you're allowed that one thing. So, it's, if it's toys come to life, that's it, and then you can do whatever, but it has to be based in a normal world. Yeah. So for me, you, that was a, that was a bridge that, too far. No, and, and and I would agree with you. I think that that was ridiculous. <laughs> that is crazy. That's just that's not going to happen. <laughs> they, <laughs> the same similar thing happened when I was watching The Fall and uh, Jamie Dornan's character, who has killed loads of women, hmm. kills a woman and then sniffs her her top, and I was like, oh, that's well, that, too far. Yeah, absolutely. What, kill them, but don't kill, be no, sniffing that, clothes. That, yeah, that's just that's a, <laughs> that's who really weird. who really does that. Come on, who really sniffs clothes? <laughs> That's, I mean, I sniff my own underwear, 
repeat. But that's only to just, make sure I can put it back yeah, on Yeah, absolutely. I'm not but sniffing someone else's underwear. That's like, come on. No, that's disgusting. What is this, that, Japan? That's, that's, <laughs> is that, that what they do? You've been watching too much Japanese porn. I don't know. There's a, there's vending machines in Japan. Yeah. You're, you're transfixed by my bookshelves now. I know. I I'm just, uh, but I also here. like bookshelves. That's the other thing. This was here. Incidentally, oh, we need one more film before we carry on. Oh, God. Sorry, uh, one more film. Godfather 1, Godfather 2, Rushmore, Harold and Maude. Uh, it's, oh, God. It's just, it's too hard. There's too many films coming up. Uh, it, okay, The Jerk. The Joke? The Jerk. The Jerk, okay. Yeah, Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. Funny, I know that. Just a funny, great film. Fine. He's great, There Steve we go. Martin. But then there's but like Spinal Tap and... Whatever. Spinal Tap, yeah, but then there's there's music for there's films for music lovers, there's film for rock lovers, yeah. there's films for comedies, romantic whatever. Stuff. Yeah. Are you, you are you a romance fan? A film? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That sounds like a no. Yes. Well, it depends. <laughs> it's, Would you it think? Has, oh, cool! The best. What, do you mean like Notebook? Hotel Two. I'm off. Is that a romantic film? Is it? I well, thought I that was like old, a cross-cultural film. Well, I think it's an older people. Okay. Being falling in love. Yeah, well, I'm not there yet, so I'm... uh, Doesn't talk to you, no? Not surprisingly, not yet. (laughs) It's getting the kids would rent for you, going, this is right up your street, This is not the film I want to watch. I want to watch films that will take me out of my life rather than show me what my life's (laughs) going to be like. Um, And the notebook you like? No. No, no. you hated it? Yeah, I mean... Did you guess straight away what was happening? uh, Yeah, probably. I'm very bad at... Like get like like the ending of Sixth Sense and stuff was like straight away. Oh, really? Because anything that exists is just... You know, oh well, that's going to come back. Anything that's just instantly like out of the norm. So I'm getting better because my Stephen, my husband, is very, very good at guessing what's going to happen. We mm. at the Wire, he used to watch the titles and say things like, "Oh, women dancing in crates, prostitutes, some get killed, yeah, women trafficking, yeah," and then guess the whole thing in the ti- in the title sequence. Well, that's but that isn't necessarily guessing the plot. That's like going, "Oh, the Wire," watching the title sequence. Like, oh, I bet there's going to be drugs. Well, no, yeah, well, no, but he kind of, oh, there's going to be some black people always... in the wire from the title sequence. <laughs> but he he guesses plots very quickly, and okay. it used to it drives me nuts because God, I'm going like, just keep it to yourself. See, I love the wire. Do I just you? love it. I'm just obsessed with it. Really? I, oh my god, it's the best. It's one of the great arts. series. Well, just more than it's more than a TV series for me, and I know that's such a sort of wanky London media circle thing to say, but it is just. It's perfection. It's a great series. Favorite series of, of the wire? Between two and four, I know. I like two. See, I that's really it. Like that's two. it. Two's got a got a sort of solidness to it, it's and it goes on. It it goes off them. in a different direction. Yeah, that's what's kind of cool about it. And it also you got McNaughty. There's this episode where he faxes and he's like stitching up his old boss who he hates, and he sends this fax off, and it's just. This smile that he does, and it's just it's so. Oh, and I just keep on rewatching things. But what I love about that, and da- I is uh, David Simon who who created it. There's a letter that he sent to HBO mm-hmm. a year before he made the pilot, and he lays out his vision, and it's all about how he wants to beat the networks at their own game to show like a police procedural, but mm-hmm. but with based in reality. And that it, and how and the frustrations of it and how it's based in life and show the vista of a city and all how all the things interconnect and the frustrations and uh, and he just lays this out and it's about a ten page letter and he did it like everything that he, he said, said became reality and the way it was received. The, do what you think he people created... read loads of books to figure out how to do this or do you think some people are just in in the same like in that arguments always like does Shakespeare know what a great writer he was or did he? Did I think he you have to lucky? certainly read. 
you have to to know what a great TV series. If you wanted to make a TV series, you'd have to have something to compare it to. I think so. And same would be a comic. There's no okay. There are people who are naturally funny, but you have to know what's kind of your history of whatever art form yeah. it is to know if you if you genuinely want to take it forward. You have to know what came behind See, you. I think I'd get mired down in the 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 sort of technicalities of being I just get up and wang on well well, and I know we've talked about this before because your jokes yeah. are so perfectly constructed and I'm just like and then this happened and then yeah but that's that's a limitation in its own right that stops me from being the funny person that the audience is not hearing right now because uh, <laughs> anytime you start talking about comedy or anything really uh but, but when you pull something to bits you do find that there's nothing there really uh, I think uh, no I don't know about that but uh, but at this side point to what we were saying earlier which was that TV people sometimes there's a danger when they get back into comedy after a certain number of years, um, they don't realise that certain things have become a bit hack, or they think because they're not watching any comedy through that time, they're going oh, and they come up with a bit, and you're like, well, there's about ten comics who've done a yeah. bit about that in the preceding five years. Like they think, oh well, this bit about mobile phone, but no, everybody's covered it, <laughs> but because they haven't been on the circuit yeah, or they haven't cats been cats and dogs, yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> Um, but did you not find that in Miami when you went out to Miami some of the American comics were doing material like the guy who see was, I didn't watch any of those we didn't see anybody no, I didn't the, see anybody I, I st- when standing backstage and the compere was doing a little bit okay. before before he brought us out he was doing jokes about cats and dogs and I was literally thinking, doing yeah. cats and dogs and I was yeah. like I'm going to die on my ass here because with I'm doing my, stories about... my cats about, and dogs material. I'm doing, doing my jokes. I'm doing stories about, you know, my son discovering his willy. This is just not going to go well at all. Mm, being sucked off by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, bizarrely. Um, I've got the five the five films. I was okay. going to ask five... Like, uh, but I'm not I, gonna, I don't want to, like, live and die by that okay. list. That's a, that's a temporary list post it up. under pressure. I don't want that to be the list that defines me. On okay. my gravestone. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna give it to Monique to put on your gravestone. <laughs> Here's what he wanted. It's what he wanted, Monique. It's what he wanted to remember. Put those VHSs in with the casket. I showed the kids Stand by Me the other night. There. Okay. Good Did you film. like that film? Yeah, of course. Yeah, great film. Um, really, but, but Bella was kind of like, "This is a, this is what they'd call a coming of age film, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. How old is she? She's gonna be 13 oh, in two that's days. Funny. That's a great thing to say. This is what they would know as. But it as, sounds quite like on. Yeah. Was it? An, did it stand up? Because I showed one of our kids, uh, ET, and it was just. It was a bit. It wasn't as impactful as I'd. I. They, they've watched ET, but I kind of think the kids are quite damning on graphics. They don't believe now. Okay. Yeah. They're kind of like. Oh, 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 that yeah, spaceship it, is. Yeah. Is, yeah, okay. And I like, well, that's not the point. It's the heart of the story. And I was like, well, the, I, can't, I can't commit to the heart of the graphics oh, are rubbish. The new generation today, they make me sick. And then they play Minecraft like it's a great thing. And I'm kind we of haven't like, got to Minecraft yet. Oh, We've got a few more years. We've got a few older friends, kids who are doing it, but we're still... I don't get the graphics in that. It's just all squares. Yeah, but they're and very, they very well, it. you know, squares, but with good resolution. Well, they, they really applaud... Um, Monsters University, we've had lots of discussions about Monsters University because my son, Max, doesn't think it stands up as a sequel, a prequel, because some of the facts they give away in Monsters, Inc. Yeah. don't match up with the facts they make the uh, No, I think they were pretty good about I, I couldn't find any plot holes ah, along those well, lines. Well, you're wrong. You're okay, wrong. Well, well, I'm sure, because well, maybe, in, um, I doubt it. In, uh, I'm much Monsters, more intelligent than Max. I don't think so. I think you're I've wrong. Watched, I've, well, I've watched Monsters, Inc. now about three times. Right, have you watched Monsters University? Oh, sorry, yes, and both. I've okay, both, yeah, so in Monsters, Inc., um, Mike Wazowski isn't that bright. Okay. He's not that bright. 
and they make jokes about how you've been te- teasing me off since the third grade. You've been teasing me since the uh, third grade. Now, they didn't meet till university. Do they definitely say third grade? He says third grade. You know what? Okay. So they didn't meet at university. And also, he's so dim at, at in Monsters, Inc. when Randall gets him and says, the lunchtime bell is going to go, and that means the scare floor will be... And Mike Wazowski says, painted? And Mike Wazowski's the smart one in Monsters, uh, University. But maybe Thingy Bob is so dumb that in comparatively he is the smart one but also i might say that even though he was maybe book smart he was still a bit thick in real life in terms of his i'll, g- I'll give you that like, oh, i'll look, give you that me. one in, in terms of common sense but i won't, but i'm there's a plot hole in the fact that they've known each other that third, third that, that, yeah you know what i'm going to have to look into that i'll get back to you on that okay. uh, for future episodes but i have seen too many pixar films <laughs> know, pick, over pick, and over pick, pixar out but well wally i can watch again and again that's a I've not said like that was a, that was minute, a <clears throat> at the minute the, the youngest one is really into um, um, Mr Peabody and Sherman. Okay, we just watched that the other day, which is good. That's got quite yeah. a lot of history stuff in it. Yeah, so that sort of piqued the interest of the. We went to see Shaun of the Sheep. That's pretty good. Shaun of the Sheep. Shaun of the Sheep. We went to see that. So not Shaun the Sheep. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> You're mixing I thought up that's your what genre. it was based on, actually. Oh, is it? Well, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm sure it isn't. But I'm sure that's just me. Shaun the Sheep. We've not seen that. We saw the 15 minute. Peppa Pig movie. Is it 15 minutes? Is that all it, all it is? Yeah, well, yeah, they've got a couple of, of old Peppa Pig films on before it, and then okay. they have, then they have the their thing. main feature, The really? Golden Boots. I, I'm not a big fan of Peppa Pig. Well, they don't. Peppa Pig, I think, you know, rare, normally the mummy's the idiot and the daddy's the smart one, but Peppa yeah. Pig, they treat daddy like an idiot. Yeah. They're quite nasty. It's and just a big, Peppa's quite mean. pig. Yeah. Yeah. Big fat yeah. daddy. And Peppa's just a fucking bitch. <laughs> It's a bit of a bitch. And the brother's just an annoying cunt. Well, I like them. <laughs> so, and now you're going to have to work out the edit. Because you said, oh, I don't edit these. I don't I'm edit like, them. I put gonna, explicit. Oh, you have to put explicit. Oh, just for that one word. I didn't say it. I said punt. <laughs> so, don't put explicit. I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted no, to imagine I you at the desktop. I don't, I don't I, Do you know what? I've figured out how to record it and to get it up online. Still don't can't quite manage to, to get it on okay, iTunes. Fine, fine. But um, you can't ask me to cut stuff. No. No, that's um, Polish film posters. I'm going to go back to that because I'm intrigued really? by that. I'm not, I'm not that Are you bored of Polish. it? No, I just, I mean, it's just a little, I think I feel like I've oh, said everything that I need to say. What I was going to say. say about that is see how I've got a picture of Billy Elliot yes. up here. And this isn't Polish. I it's uh, something, isn't it? I think it's Czech. Yeah, Czech. That would make sense. It's Czech. And the reason is because Billy Elliot was written in this room. Oh. Lee Hall used to own this house. Oh. He wrote it. Okay, fair and enough. And you're that, hoping the good vibes I'm will spread. I'm hoping that the writing vibes will come out, out and there. celebrate everybody. And also, apparently, in Feng Shui, you've got to have. Well, it says pictures of like surround yourself with pictures of your success. And I've got my Edinburgh shows, which is probably the best I can do in terms okay. of success. So I've got I've got them. Well, you've got there. pictures of your husband. He's successful. I mean, that's, he's successful. I mean that, but your that's marriage his, to yeah, him is successful. That's press, that's press night at one of his shows. You getting him is a success. Well, him getting me is quite a success. As I'm well. sure, but I mean, he's a you know he's a good looking. You, you know, young man. <laughs> keep talking, Josh. Keep talking. Some would say we're perfectly matched. Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I look, that's really unfair because I get the same thing with Monique. She's very beautiful, and I get really upset when people go, "Well, oh yeah." You're... I'm not upset. You're just wrong. Okay. Fine. <laughs> He's not the fit one. I am. Okay. No, you're both very attractive. <laughs> I can't believe you're hitting me, Josh. This has gone no, crazy. no, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not no, you are both of equal 
attractiveness. He's just a little bit younger. A than little me. bit younger than you, yes. yes. So that's all. Stephen uh, went from a young person's real card to a family real card in six the, months. Yeah, that's that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. But I'm sure you make it work as well. So you know, we don't need. To we figure we figure it out. And what's the picture of someone's men's bellies and stuff? What's that's that? Stephen in a fight class at. Um, uh, he went to drama school and okay. they came, and I always giggle about it because I think what do you do at drama school but they seem to work them quite hard and they learn how to do... sit on a bench well that's them watching, watching. people well, fight that, that, that picture to put it in context is like uh, what there's seven or eight boys guys yeah, there men, just in their torsos, shorts torsos yeah. and they're watching the fight instructor demonstrating how they have a sword fight okay fine. so that's a fight class and we're all getting hot and sweaty but worthy it? of framing I mean, I could put, for that same money, I could have a Polish film poster up on the wall. Stephen thought it was worthy of framing, so maybe that's the Ikea, one of the Ikea ones. Oh, that might, yeah, yeah, you're right, actually, that doesn't, that, that is, yeah, you see And quality. this picture at the top here, I'm talking yeah. through the, the, the pictures on my office, it's very, yeah, yeah it doesn't, it's made doesn't, for great no, conversation, but the picture in the top, Stephen mm. did um, a play called The Giant, mm-hmm. written by Anthony Sher. Don't care. You don't care. No. But he played... Do you care about this? Do you care about this? He no. played the inspiration for the Statue of David. Oh, And okay. that is a sketch by uh, Anthony Sher of Stephen. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Statue yeah. Of David. very gay. So what... <laughs> yeah, he was naked for much of the time in okay. that show. Fine. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's very sort of Romany or some sort of... Yeah. Atta- yeah. Or someone was it Greek or Italian. Greek, whatever it is, it's definitely... You know, it's... It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. And um, what's ahead for you, Josh? What are you up to? Are you doing Edinburgh this year? I'm not. Yes. Result. Result. I'm not doing it either. Uh, Neither Sarah Pascal. Yes. Uh, I'm not bothered about Sarah not doing it, but uh... <laughs> she's a friend of mine. No. Uh, not, so you're just going to hang out with each other. It's so doing... nice not doing it. Isn't so, it nice? It's really nice. But people kind of go, "Don't you enjoy doing Edinburgh?" I enjoy having done Edinburgh. Mm. But I. I think the process... I don't know if I enjoy having done Edinburgh. Uh, Why do you do it? Well, that is the question, isn't it? Because we share publicists, you don't become, we? Yeah, well, you become... Uh, you become better. I do believe that. It's it's a lottery. Whether it's worth... There are better odds putting your money into a different... Or your time, even into you know the six, the six grand whatever it's going to cost although i've got those costs down now or i'm not losing as much as i used to whether How did you get the cost down uh free fringe last year which was great uh and but you're still gonna i still taking my family up i can't be away from them for a month and uh that's still gonna be a couple of grand there mm. and and i made pretty good money on the door but uh i mean it's to explain this to listeners it's free to do but you ask for a donation on the way out so yeah. I, I did pretty well on you that you pay what you think is worth so if yeah. you've done well then I did well I had a good show and good reviews and all that but um, the last show was called AIDS a Survivor Story I loved it <laughs> I saw a preview of it and it was the preview I've not seen it are you doing you it again? Should, yeah I'm doing it at the South Theatre in, in a couple of weeks what I'd love you to see it because it's what date? end of April the end of April at the Soho Theatre do we have a specific date or are you going to make people who are listening difficult it's the last week of April it's a new approach to being a comedian what Josh does is he tells you he's doing a show but he doesn't tell you when and where you really have to seek it out you really have to do the the it's the the 20 (laughs) no because I don't want people just to come because they've heard the specific date I want them to take that extra little step to prove themselves worthy of coming to see 
the show. If they prove so themselves worthy twen- by listening to this podcast, yeah, they get a special it, gift or something. Do they get a? Yeah, they get me to be as funny as a DVD possible. of a film that you recommend. Also, yeah, I'll bring them all. Oh, some VHSs I need to get rid of. Okay, I've since bought on. So DVD it's on the twenty fourth. Uh, twenty, the week of the twenty fifth ish of, of April. April at and the Soho Theatre. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I'm really has proud it of changed? that. It has changed because I. Um, uh, I always, I for me, the show really comes together last minute. I almost use my previews as a way of cutting out what's not funny. So using that mar- block of marble analogy where you're chipping away. Like the and, Statue of David. Exactly. Uh, and it's all ties together. So mm-hmm. We've worked this out before, obviously. And so, yeah, you chip it away and then you have the form that it's going to be a a, a, a person. And, and then, in, in, but for it, but... I always want to just, before I get rid of stuff, I just want to genuinely make sure it's crap <laughs> before I chip it away. How many times do you so try I, it before you decide it's crap? I do crap? quite a lot. I do about, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with it. I've stuck with stuff for a long time, for years. <laughs> Is there anything in just, there that you're just determined to be funny? I'm just like, I will make it, because if you can turn that stuff around, that can become your funniest stuff mm-hmm. when you work out finally how to tell it. And it is quite exact. But then as the final date approaches, it's like panic time and chisel, chisel, chisel. Get rid of all the, okay, no, I don't have time to, it may be funny, but I just don't have time to make it funny. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it all, get rid of it all. And then you are finally left with, and you adding the little bits that you know are funny. For me, the previews are like, there's no point. Once I know something's funny, and sometimes I don't even have to try it to know it's funny. And some, so, or, um, or you've done it once and it get once I'm pretty sure it's funny, whatever way, that's the stuff I don't need to worry about. That's mm-hmm. funny and that's fine. The stuff that I need to worry about is the stuff that isn't funny and I need to work out. And that's what I use previously. Do you ever do for. something that makes you laugh? Because I have like, there's quite a few jokes in my set where I go, in my head, this is funny. Why are you laughing? Yeah, well, it's usually, it's there's funny. a million reasons why and whether you're saying it right, the word in the wrong place, whatever it is, the timing, who knows. But when you hit it, it's an incredibly satisfying thing. And sometimes you just leave them in anyway. And, and as a fuck you audience <laughs> kind of yeah and, and for those one or two people comics, who do love. is there anyone that you've talked to regularly to sort of help you with your material or do you just do um, it all I th- this time I did have I, I performed Phil Nickel I performed it in front of uh, and uh, my my wife, Monique's aunt is called Stella Duffy. She used to be a comic. She's an improv person. She's also a very famous writer now. Yeah, she, she writes is. Lots, yeah. So she's she's a theatre director. So I always, all my shows always go down to a house in South London. Oh, wow. And, Do you know what I meant to perf- say to you? Um, when I searched you on, on Google, yeah. obviously your Lynn Franks comes up. That's uh, your, that's your mum. Yeah, good. Obviously. Glad we've avoided that. Um, but I don't, I'm, <laughs> that, I'm yeah. sure that, that's, yeah. that, that is has the one been played. Yeah. Um, and also Junior Simpson. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that. Well, that is Junior and I are friends, but I don't know why. Uh, no, that no would connection. Strange, no, strangely not. Strangely not. I was kind of wondering if you did some great show with him. No, I, I, we opened with Jay. That's I know. I mean, I Google myself at least once. Or I twice never a, Google myself because I'm uh, frightened that I'll, no, the first thing that'll come up what, is Wendy Wason is a bitch. Wendy, Wendy, yeah, once or twice a day. I pretty much no, once, once every two days. I would say I Google myself just to check. Oh really? That it's all all oh right. God, yeah. I, I Google myself once and it said. Wendy Waston, and then it came up with the name my ex-husband was like the most popular search. That's oh, kind of that's like, annoying. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. Uh, I, you know, I do, and because someone went on, went on Wikipedia and like laded to me, and I know it's from this gig I did. I'm uh, not on that. So I, so it's a good thing I checked it like a week later, and this person who who was really rude to an open spot, who wasn't very funny, but it's like, look, this person's introduced. Everyone knows this is a new act. Yeah, the person hadn't been very funny, but this guy was like a real dick, and I. It's like what you know. This person's new, yeah. so whatever. So I went on, 
And there's a and there's just, an element of care. It's like having yeah, learner come, plates like, on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't beep a learner don't, driver abs- for stalling at the lights. Absolutely, which I do, but <laughs> but that's different. I just came out with that word of wisdom. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> But absolutely, I just was like, I, he was just such an honor. So I just went on and just absolutely destroyed this guy. Mm-hmm. I was so angry and and, and destroyed him. And um, and he, I could see he was a bit of a weirdo and a bit weird. He wasn't there to see me. He was there to see Milton Jones, actually, who was closing the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was just, I just laid into him. And, and uh, anyway, yeah, a few days, I just, and I knew, I know it was him. He went on Wikipedia and sort of changed everything that I you don't I don't how does Wikipedia work well I believe the way that I understand it is that people go on and put your details on like whoever it is which is a bit weird in itself because someone emailed me and said I've just tried to put you on Wikipedia but they won't let me because you're not relevant <laughs> well I don't I, I don't, like, oh, someone you? someone did it I used to from Sky they must have done it. someone who worked for Sky must have done it like as a thing <laughs> and then but this person who yeah because you're not meant to do it yourself is the idea i see so so, so someone at sky had done it and then uh and this person had gone on and just changed everything to not funny and or what you know all the oh, all really? these things uh he didn't have a critically acclaimed show is it well that's it so i then just then you revert so i had to read into it a little bit but actually it was relatively simple where you just revert back to an original version and that got rid of those changes this person to make. Oh but the thing is, if I hadn't been so full of ego and had checked my entry every week, you know, it could have gone on for a year really? and I'd not looked at it. I had an excellent, I went out with a guy for two months and he stalked me for like two years. And then... And then they got married. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. final line between stalking and, uh, and love. Yeah. Um, and it must have been about three or four years ago no I was pregnant with Riley so it was four years ago yeah. I did the Glasgow Comedy F- Festival and did yeah. the launch party and, and you had an affair and um, this uh, thing appeared this little, what, horrible Wendy and just slagging me off awful okay. and then a on friend on what? On, like on the Chorter website oh, someone okay, had yeah. like commented yeah, she's a okay. nasty this she's a yeah. whatever and then a friend of mine traced the URL and it went back to oh really I was like, oh my god I yeah. must be of course Positive spin. I must be great in bed because he's still stalking me. To be me. so what? angry. Do you know what yeah, he's still like, oh, angry she's, with she's me. pregnant. She's definitely gone now. <laughs> I definitely can't get her. God, it was bizarre. But um, so Phil Nickel, do you do, you do material with him or is it the structure? No, no, it's not. The, the it's show? just there was a few friends of mine. Phil was one. Paul Tonkinson came along to a preview. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have mates who are comics come along and see you because the, just having a different perspective. And suddenly they'll just flip something around. And if you put this here. Uh, the uh, husband of my agent, this guy Jeremy, he came. He he used to write for the stage, so he was he was good. And they all were very generous with their time, and they came. And some of them like wrote me a little email afterwards. And I've done it for other people as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're free and and you do it, and you say, oh, we'll put this tag here, and if just one or two tags, it makes a massive difference. It's nice to have that. It, it, I think comedy is a lot more supportive than people. Oh, think it absolutely it is. is. Yeah, and uh, and I'm grateful for that. And it helped also just. You might be thinking it, but to have another pair of eyes go, look, get rid of that bit, it's crap, or whatever, mm-hmm. and you go, that's sometimes all you need. Okay, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. totally. What was I thinking? And so it just really helped with me make those decisions. And then it, I don't, which preview did you come to then? I came to the one in the Covent Garden, the, the Secret Covent Oh, Top Secret. Yeah, 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 of course that one. Yeah, and that was very early on, mm-hmm. and that was great. And, and again, I love, I love coming to see shows. And the same way I like going to the theatre, when Stephen's doing a play and yeah. seeing an early an early show and then by the end of it it's this just polished well oiled well, machine yeah. and amazing. I love that you guys came that night and that was really grateful but that was a very very early one and 
you, and that was me piece of paper and it's also you because it's so raw I love that, you're though. almost like your funny self that you are in real life when you're not being on a podcast <laughs> uh, but you're <laughs> forced to like work much. at that height to yeah. level height. when it's all done and yeah it's a different thing and it's technically funnier but there is nothing for me there's nothing as funny human. as watching a comic squirm I love and it. that was it I was just squirming I remember that and I was I remember and there was tourists was squir- that yeah, in, the and tourists. they, they were not get yeah. it and you were apologizing uh, yeah, to them yeah because it was all an absolute it was a mess just what I love absolute mess but I'd love you guys both of you to come we'll and see come. the we'll actual definitely come because then it's like then I have the projector and then I have all the you know and there's it's just it's it's a tight really good show it's something I'm really proud of that I could write this some comics will go oh yeah and we'll I'll do a show and it's going to be the best of of their year but they tie it in with a little theme or whatever and that's Mm. fine but for me it was like January I was like wouldn't it be funny to write an hour about AIDS like just to see if I could do it (laughs) or wouldn't it be if I can write a funny hour about AIDS I should say I think it was very funny Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it we'll definitely come to that Um, anything else that you want to plug before we go because we've been chatting for over an hour now oh really okay wow no I mean please do come and you know if you so want to come and see it. I mean it doesn't make any difference if you if if, if anybody comes here to see me no no I'm just, gonna fucking enjoy it anyway whether you're there no or no not. I don't mean it like that what I mean is no I'd love people to come see me at so theatre what I'm saying is don't bother about coming to see me uh, in normal circuit stuff I oh, mean yeah. that's funny just come funny. and see him for something that he's done especially for you one hour of Josh yeah but if you come and see me if you go oh this guy sounds intriguing maybe you don't I, I, look, I don't want to put words in your mouth but He's gone on, uh, you've gone on Woody Allen. No, but I just don't want... But if you came to see me at a comedy club, that's mm-hmm. nice. And please come up and say hello. And oh, I heard that podcast and whatever. But just know that that makes no difference to me in terms of financially. <laughs> it's not like you coming, like, will... I'll get an extra fiver for that. Yeah. Whereas I need people to come to the Soho <laughs> Theatre because I need to sell tickets. This man has children. Go and see him at the Soho Theatre. Come and see the Soho Theatre is what I'm trying to say. Okay. But if you do see me somewhere else, please say hello. I... I on stage, I'm a bit of a dick, as we've sort of talked about. <laughs> Off stage, I can be relatively charming. charming. I can be, charm- be a charming, nice guy. Yeah, I can be charming. Nice Come and prove it for yourself. Come well, thank see. you for coming to, to the Pleasure. Thanks the for asking me. I wanted charming. to say about how, like, who you've asked before. What I should have done is check the list, because that's what winds me up. It's like, oh, fine, you asked Carl Donnelly to do this before me, did you? Oh, really? oh thanks. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> but you must be scraping the barrel now. No, but it's, it's me going... I wonder who's free today. (laughs) Yeah, well then, you do know that. Me well then. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming, Josh. Pleasure.